welcome everyone to this week's episode of Pot Talk. I'm Fish, your host. I'm out here begrudgingly in beautiful Southern California to discuss today with a friend of mine, Sean, about home growing. And we look at the home growing, the recreational market, or as the states become more legalized, each state's going to have they start considering whether or not they're going to allow folks to home grow, and if so, what are the terms and the restrictions on what people can and cannot do with their home growing. For example, as my home state is in Washington, when they wrote the law in Washington State, they did not incorporate a home growth provision. Now, we are the only state that has a recreational law that does not have a home grow law. Uh, so that's why I had to come down here and join my good friend, Sean, from Southern California, who is a home grower. And he's going to talk through some of these things about from a regulatory standpoint. And we're going to talk about a little bit about some of the considerations that a home grower needs to consider or we need to kind of consider it in relation to those regulations, how they can work within a regulatory framework that keeps them under the law, within the law and without getting into trouble. So thanks, Sean, for joining us today. Hey, thank you. So, uh, Sean, just briefly kind of give us a little background about the California law, if you will. Like, what, what's the home growing law, which, which you can and can't do? So the home growing law here in California, uh, as far as recreation goes, you're allowed to have six plants on your premise at any stage. So immature or mature. Uh, as far as if you're a medical card holder, you can have six mature plants and 12 immature plants. Now, is, that, is there any sort of size restrictions by the plant? I mean, uh, for example, if I'm growing indoors versus outdoor, if I grow an outdoor plant, well, I can make a really big plant. Correct. <laughs> right. So is there... Those regulations are down to the county or the city. They have their own ordinances that cover, like nuisance or you know smell or whatever whatever they have as far as provisions go but uh, but they have different uh restrictions as far as like what you can grow outside and how big but as far as inside your house i can grow my plant as, as big as i can get it without having anything okay just as long as i stay within the numbers range as far as the mature and the immature plants the quantity the correct. quantity is more the rule correct and so in california you said six plants total correct for recreational and that includes seedlings and clones and everything. So whether it's correct plant of any size, plant. any stage. Okay. But for like I said, for the medical side, it's six or six mature plants like in flower in the, in the flower stage, and then you can have twelve immature plants. So whether it's a seedling, clone, you know, or your mother plant. And they divide that up in. So you have a specifically a flower portion of the medical side. Correct. Versus the vegetative plants, so you can. Correct. Have eighteen plants total, correct? But so you, can, but if you had nine in flower, then you'd be in yep. violation of the correct. Okay, wow, interesting. For example, in Washington State, it, it's kind of largely dependent on the medical provider, mm -hmm. the practitioner who determines how many plants you can have as a medical patient, uh, up to fifteen, no more than fifteen plants. That, that anything more than fifteen is exceeds the limit, so you can't have. Uh, and that's regardless of the stage, whether it's a flowering or vegetative stage. Uh, but that's interesting. They make a distinction between that and down here in California. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the nice thing with the, the medical is you can have more, but there's you, it's the same thing like you just said. Like Washington, with the provider, allows you to have an exemption to up to a certain amount of plants. Um, in California, you can get an exemption up to 99 plants. And they're in any stage. Seedling, clone full flowered plant up to 99 and that's it up to 99 plants correct so if you have 100 plants you're out of regulation you know and like and i'd say the only reason why i got that was because 
if I lose a batch, because I make oil all the time, if I lose a batch, then I'm, I run out of oil. Right. Yeah. Now, you're, you're clearly, obviously, I've seen your setups. You're not right. growing that many plants. Correct. Uh, typically, you, you stick around probably 10 or 12, I'm guessing, uh, based well, on your size. Keeping within the law, I was I was running at six. Mm. I was I was taking it to the maximum threshold and stopping right there. Yeah, because you are a medical patient. Right. Right. And as each state's kind of consider these things, it's interesting to see you know how these states make the decisions about from a regulatory standpoint. As you mentioned uh, earlier, we're talking about indoor versus outdoor. Uh, some of these states they they have provisions that allow you to have recreationally allow you to grow indoors, but not outdoor. Or if you do grow outdoor, it has to be non-viewable. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same here. From I mean, a passive bias, like, right. like your neighbor can't really yeah. be able to see your plant kind right. of thing, right? It's kind of like a, a herb but not seen kind of thing. Right, you know, as, right. As we were kids, you know, and that's that's the way it is like for outdoor growing here. I mean, it's like there's certain regulations within the city and the county and stuff like that, but the general rule of thumb is, is that, you know, it's better not seen, you know, and you can just keep going with what you got. Right. There's also, I think, in part uh, to to some defense in terms of, you know, regulators and how they, you know, why they consider that uh, as an important factor is just for the homeowners, you know, protection because, you know, after all, it's, it is marijuana and Correct. it does kind of, you know, subject people to uh, you know, interest of other people <laughs> who want that marijuana. Right. Uh, so, yeah, if you had, you know, a backyard full of plants, you could certainly draw attention to yourself because, the smell would definitely be noticeable. Correct. <laughs> Your neighbors are going to know. Correct. <laughs> and, and I mean that is, I would say that is absolutely true because I, I, you know, I did my experiment with just two plants outside. It was noticeable. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, wow, compared to being in a tent with you know charcoal filter exhaust fans where you don't smell anything in the house to coming outside and you get you know punched in the face by the plant and you're like holy crap that thing smells bad and it smells great mind yeah you. it's a wonderful smell <laughs> yes I don't know. when i say bad i don't mean horrible i mean it smells good but you it's can just, definitely smell it right <laughs> for sure for sure so that is definitely some of the factors that i think the regulars you know they, they keep in mind as as a homeowner should be i mean it is it's something you have to be aware of because it, it still does draw attention and correct there are nefarious folks unfortunately who will want to take try to advantage of that so uh that is definitely one of the things we look at uh, so now in California, though, you don't have that provision. Is that correct? You can grow indoor or outdoor? Correct. And what is it? Is it the viewable kind of that, the clause from the... But it's, like I said, it's you, you really got to dig through and find out if your city has those types of provisions. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but a lot of the Especially stuff, if you're going to grow outdoors. Right, cause, and that's the, the part of the California law, when you're, when you're growing, they don't have really stipulations on growing in your house. You know, as long as it's a safe condition, you know. But when it comes outside, that's where they kind of throw a few inserts, you know, like unsightly or, you know, like, hey, I've got a backyard full of pot plants. Right. You know, and now my neighbors hate me or something, you know. But, uh, yeah, I would say it's more like less like the same way, what, was what you're talking about to where you kind of be, you got to be discreet enough about it to where you're just not blasting it out there, you know, making people feel uncomfortable or whatnot. So kind of on that vein, let's kind of use some of that in terms of as a home grower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I spent you know most of my time. I learned in the commercial space. So home growing is you know I, I have homegrown, uh, but I learned in the commercial space. So as a home grower, what are the same? What are the things you kind of had to learn or factor in considerations you had to make uh, as you started kind of setting up your home grow, uh, being compliant with the law and kind of suiting your needs at the same time. Right. 
I, I kind of got into it by accident, honestly. I mean, I was using my arrow garden to grow, like, herbs and spices, you know. And then it was like, hmm, why don't we try this? And then I, I found a, a website that walked me completely through how to grow it out of the same thing I was using to grow my herbs and spices. And that's when I was like, oh, I can do this. But then, you know, like, I wanted to make sure I was legal. Like, I wasn't like, uh, can you grow in your house or not? You know, and that's when I just looked up the laws that, that are online, and I was way in compliance, so I didn't really have to worry about it. So starting with two plants, you know, was a good learning experience. And what kind of system did you have then? Uh, the Aero Garden is a hydroponic system. Okay. So I started with the Aero Garden, and then I moved to deep water culture, which is a bucket system, which is pretty much the same thing, just on a bigger scale. Right. And then I moved to a ebb and flow system, which is a flood and drain system, which has a reservoir tank, and it floods the pots that our plants are in, and then it drains it back out and lets the plants, you know, feed off of what's what's left over. Um, have you? Do you feel like that the hydro is maybe a bit more advantageous for the home grower in any way? Uh, I would say yes because it gives you the ability to grow year round. California. I mean, you, your window is like, I want to say the end of May, middle of May to just about August because like the plants that I put out here in July, I got them out late. They flipped in like in about 30 days, they flipped over into flower. And so how does a hydro kind of help with that? Like why, well, why might someone consider like the hydro the, uh, the home grower? Well, hydro gives me the ability to adjust times feeding schedules it gives me way more control over what i'm doing okay okay so i can if if i'm growing a plant and you know i'm like i really don't feel like waiting too long to have it flower i'll flower it at any stage of development it's in just by changing the light so you feel like as a the hydro just gives you a bit more control yes over the growing correct now from a about from a regulatory standpoint have you found out that uh hydro growing in any way helps you maintain or be more within compliance in terms of your plant count or anything like for example if you because you know growing hydro you can use fewer plants you don't have to veg as many plants you can certainly veg them faster than normal i can run longer light cycles um grow them quicker you know get a faster turnaround time so fewer plants correct so you, that keeps you in compliance Correct. So you stay within your, your plant count limit. Right. But like the really, it's and a lot of the other stuff too that, you know, I don't worry about heat or cold. I don't worry, really worry about insects a lot. I mean, granted, you can get them in, in the systems just by not sterilizing yourself. But other than that, it's pretty friendly. And you're also a pet, which is a great point, because you're also a pet owner. Right. And pets do go outside, you know, yeah. especially dogs who go outside. They, oh, and they'll eat the crap out of your plant. They, well, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely bring in, you know, yeah. lovingly critters from the outside world Correct. to the inside world that, yeah. you know, does not have a factor on the plants. So for those who might be considering growing in dirt versus hydro, is there maybe an advantage of growing in dirt or soil? I mean, really, it just comes down to preference, honestly like ease of what you're doing. Um, I got friends that grow with soil only, you know, and they, they do like amendments and other types of things that they add to the soil to make it like super soil. And you can find any of that information online by watching videos and they do great. 
you know, I just, me, I, I'd rather be able to control everything to where I can do it year-round and continue making oil for myself and, you know, take care of our medical needs. Right. And from a, from a security standpoint, we kind of touched on security, which is an important factor for a home grower. What kind of security factors did you have to consider? Like, how did you... Uh, I mean, really, I honestly, I really keep it out of sight. I mean, if you're driving by and you see I have a couple plants in my garage just because, you know, they're I'm starting them, then you, you really kind of don't even know because I've got an arrow farm, you know. So I grow all my vegetables anyways in the garage and transplant them outside, you know. So besides my my regular home security system that's got cameras and, you know, everything else, it's, you know, I really don't worry about the other part of it because... I don't know, I'm not a... Don't broadcast it out. Yeah, I'm not a nefarious person looking for nefarious ways to and you're, <laughs> take you mentioned, from somebody. Yeah, you also mentioned, too, like, talking about carbon filters. Right. Uh, which is definitely something, like I saw in your system, you have a carbon filter. And wh- what does that do? So the carbon uh, filter pretty much scrubs the smell out of it. It's, it's like having a freaking um, a face mask or, or, or like a, a breather mask on. You know, and if you're working with chemicals and you're using a respirator... You know, you don't want to take in all those fumes and everything. So you use those filters to filter out the fumes and the chemicals so that you can breathe regular air. That's the same thing that those filters do. They just scrub the air so when it comes out, it doesn't smell like anything. How effective do you do you feel it is for you being a home grower to maintain your security? And Well, when those fans aren't on, it my house smells. When the fans are on, my house doesn't smell. Like you don't really smell much at all? No. It's, yeah, it's great. When they're in the tent... And under the, and the and I got one filter pressurizing the tent and the other one sucking. So I have one blowing in cold air, one sucking out the hot air. And it's clean air. And it's, like I said, you can't smell it. But when those fans are off and if that tent door is open or whatever, yeah. And that yeah. definitely helps. I mean, that, that's, a, that's an added security benefit. I mean, right. Aside from just making you down low profile and keeps you out of the uh, disturbing the neighbors. Right. Because uh, we do find, like in, in Seattle and Washington, uh, we have... Uh, Seattle King County, they are they have clean air acts and rules that make commercial growers have to scrub their air similarly like with carbon filters before mm. so it doesn't have uh, aroma, if you will, for the local population. Huh. Yeah, same thing. Considered the same thing. Kind of one last thing I touch on for uh, for for entrepreneurs who are looking to maybe do something in the business side. Is there any permits or regulations in California that allow you to? in any way make a business in your home with cannabis there is i'm not real familiar with it because there's literally i want to say there's like 12 or more different types of licenses you can get special license for special like a small space indoor small space outdoor large space i mean there's there's a ton of different licenses and i'm looking at it you know, as far as interested in doing something like that, it's just navigating is kind of daunting a little bit. But eventually, I'll probably get there. It's expensive, and, you know, you got to get the right license for the right thing that you're doing. Because if you get the wrong license, and it's an outdoor license for a 500-square-foot space, and you're going inside a 1,000 square feet, and you have whatever, and they come and look at your license, they'll yank all your stuff out. Right. Not like, a whole lot of not fun day. Exactly. Right. But folks in Alaska, there is a permit that you can get to grow up to 500 square feet for purposes of selling to a processor, a commercial processor, 
they would then go turn around, maybe package that up or make oral out of it or something like that. So there are there are states who are considering ways to allow uh, folks to do at least somewhat of a home business, if you will, with cannabis. Uh, Alaska being one of them. Uh, California, as you mentioned, it does have an abundance of cannabis laws, so it can be a little bit daunting to try to navigate through. Correct. Uh, the best way to probably do that is just to contact or jump on your, your state's website and start researching uh, the cannabis laws and regulations and find out, as you point out, which ones more pertain to what you might be interested in doing. Uh, there is definitely a lot of opportunities for folks who want to do things like producing clones and selling clones to medical patients or uh, breeding for the purposes of medical patients, uh, making seeds. You can make seeds at home, a very simple small space, and those seeds can certainly be a business opportunity for folks in those states that have uh, permits that allow that. Something to look forward to for those entrepreneurs as this thing keeps moving right. to the east, east. I just like the the learning part, the the aspect of every time I grow, I'm learning something different, something new pops up, you know, and it's it, it causes me to constantly think and research and to get more knowledgeable on what I'm doing. And that's that's a great point, Sean. So it, we're just kind of end on that one. So this, what is where is kind of your go-to source for some of those bits of information to kind of help you learn, become a better home grower? Uh, I would say kind of like legacy type growers, like uh, some of the guys who've been doing it for a while. Online resources? Yeah, online resources. Like, where, where you got anything particular, like YouTube? Uh, yeah, uh, YouTube, like, I'll watch some of the Monster Garden stuff. Um, some of the, I also read a lot of stuff from Dark Heart Nursery. Um, I go to Grassroots Hydroponics here. They got a, a staff that's awesome. Oh, the right? Growth Shop, there's a good one. Right, I mean, and, and really, you know, anybody, if you just learn a little bit of horticulture, you know, I mean, you can definitely hook it up. Awesome, awesome. Well, Sean, I really thank you for your time. Yeah, it's been you. awesome. I hope you listeners out there, little note of information for talking about from a security standpoint. We didn't do this one via uh, video for the purposes of security because Sean is a home grower and we don't want to go exposing Sean's home grow to, <laughs> to the world. Uh, so I definitely want to thank you for your time and your insight, Sean. Uh, hopefully you folks on the East Coast or anywhere else who's looking at regulating or coming up with regulatory laws within your state, you start considering home grow and how that might affect you and where your interest might lie and what you could do with it. So thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Hey, thank you. All right.